I'm Christina Rodenbeck from the Oxford Astrologer, and I'm here with my friend and colleague, Sally Kirkman from sallykirkman.com, to talk about the month ahead, which is uh, Sagittarius month. How could I even have paused there? It's exciting, Sally, isn't it? We're going into the Sagittarian month of celebration and joyousness. Well, we are, and I always think that moving from... Scorpio to Sagittarius is kind of coming from the dark into the light in a way. I mean, you know, the symbolism of that from the underworld to the sky. <laughs> oh, you, you can say that because you're a Scorpio, but I couldn't possibly comment. Oh. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And so we've come out of Scorpio season, yeah. I mean, which has been, I think it's been quite tumultuous for a lot of people with these eclipses going on. Um, you know, I think it's- Sorry. I was going to say and Mars retrograde as well, um, but I've enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's been an incredible eclipse season, actually. Yeah. This Mars, you know, also, I mean, of course, the Mars retrograde literally rules, the, you know, one of the nodes of the eclipses. Yeah. So it's like a double whammy with this, these eclipses. And if you just look at what's happened in the big world, it's been incredible. I mean, we've had the election in... Um, Brazil, where, where Lula won, Scorpio. Scorpio, yep. Um, at, which was a surprise. Um, and uh, we've had the elect, we had the midterms in the United States, Scorpio won again, mm. which is great result. Um, and also a surprise. It happened on the actual day of that eclipse. Yeah. And in the heart of that eclipse was the planet Uranus. So it was going to be some kind of upset. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know that Biden didn't win-win outright, but he's done incredibly well, considering. Mm. Um, it's interesting also to see that he's, um, and then he went straight to meeting Xi Jinping in China. So he's on a kind of a, a roll. Mm. Um, oh, and then we have Rishi Sunak, the British prime minister, being not winning, but being kind of somehow slithered in. Shoved in a bit. Shoved in. Go, your turn. Your turn. <laughs> See how well, you do. <laughs> but he's a Taurus. Yeah. You know? And mm-hmm. so the the eclipses were in Taurus and Scorpio. And we traditionally associate eclipses with uh, you know, the rulers coming and going. Yeah. And lo it and lo it came to pass. It has come to pass, hasn't it? It's been quite extraordinary, really. Amazing. Yeah. And, and even even if you go further back and, you know, you look at the, the Queen dying and the new King Charles, again, Queen Taurus, King Charles Scorpio in this, you know, in the midst of this Taurus Scorpio eclipse season. It has been quite incredible. Quite I mean, incredible. you couldn't make it up, could you? Well, how, how is it that people don't take astrology seriously when it's so blindingly obvious sometimes, <laughs> isn't it? It's like. Really? You're really questioning this when we have, like, exactly, the Queen tours. Come on, guys. Yeah. And also I find it quite interesting that this, that it's actually, you know, we've had quite a few Scorpio, you know, these are victories. These are wins. These are taking, taking the reins of power is what I would say. Yeah. And um, actually the, it's the South Node that's been in Scorpio with yeah. this, a place of, of, of release. And a lot of astrologers consider that not such a positive node, but it has been for Scorp- certain Scorpios for sure. Yeah. A lot of people I've spoken to have lost jobs, I have to admit, or there's been like uh, a loss of um, income on some level. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is, this is the, but this is the eclipse theme. It's winners and losers, yeah. isn't it? I'm not, you know, cause I, I remember when I first got into astrology I never really looked so much at whether it was a south node, you know, during the eclipse or whether it was a north node. It was actually the star signs and, and you know, looking at that, the, the axis, this balance of power between the two. And both will come to power. Both star signs will yeah, come to definitely. power and both will fall. It's not just, you know, it's not clear cut like, oh, the one on the south node is going to have a really bad time. You know, yeah, it brings something different to the mix, but, um, you know, it's not that clear cut in a way. No, absolutely not. And we have this, uh, you know, these absolute examples of particularly, I would say, Charles, Lula and um, Biden, you know, Scorpios who've done very well when the eclipses, these are eclipses that are, you know, it's the south node that's in Scorpio. Yeah. Um, It's a release of energy for them. 
Um, and also, I mean, one of the things about these eclipses that we've just had is that Venus was very involved with them as well. Mm. She's right in the mix. Venus and Scorpio. Mm. Yeah. And the other thing that I found fascinating is the fall, speaking of leaders falling, of this Sam, what's his name? The guy, the uh, cryptocurrency guy. Oh, uh, Bank- Bankman Freed. Is he called Bankman Fried? It's, a I mean, it's like that you couldn't make up a name for a you know as a uh cryptocurrency money i think it's pronounced bankman fried, but i think he was pretty bankman fried I, I read it in first <laughs> bankman fried so. yeah it was fried yeah. Uh, yeah. and he fried a lot of people and i mean it turns it looks like it may have been uh pretty shady yeah. Yes. Yeah. He was put on a pedestal by all the mainstream media. Here's this amazing young person making all this money off uh, off something we don't really understand, um, mm-hmm. which is part of it. And mm-hmm. then this collapse and this discovery that he'd been doing some shady stuff has caused a huge ripple effect. Yeah. Um, and of course, that's to do with currency, which is another thing we ex- uh, you know associate with Taurus, with Venus. And with Scorpio, you know, and that's where those eclipses were. Is something was going to the bottom was going to drop out of something. Yeah, no, it's uh, and it's been it's an incredible time for money in general, isn't it? With these Taurus Scorpio eclipses and yeah. Uranus, unpredictable Uranus in the mix as well. Well, look what happened to the British pound. It went, it yeah. plummeted. I mean, we're yeah. still. I'm a little still like, oh my goodness, we can't go anywhere ever again. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. And then inflation shooting through the roof as well. I mean, it's just a, it's a crazy time. It's a crazy time, which you, again, you would expect. Um, I mean, I have to say on a personal level, because the solar eclipse fell just before my big birthday. Um, and I felt very kind of empowered. So again, you know, this Scorpio eclipses, there's there's been a lot of power around it, actually. Um, and I haven't really experienced anything too sort of tumultuous on, on the eclipses as well. But I did have a, a lovely showing for my daughter um, mm. because this was on the solar eclipse when she sort of landed a plum bowl, a plum roll at her drama school mm. and is going to be playing Hitler. <laughs> okay, great. Um, <laughs> Which is. It's the irresistible rise of Arturo Ui, a Brecht play. Um, but basically, Arturo Ui is Hitler, and she landed the key role. And this was just on that eclipse. And I thought, what a fantastic showing for that eclipse conjunct Venus in Scorpio. There's a kind of, there's a powerful woman playing a psychopath and someone, you know, who you could say is completely evil. So I thought that was kind of. And Hitler know, was a Taurus, wasn't he? Or am I making that up? He's, yes, he was a Taurus. Yeah. He was a Taurus. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes I was having to, having yeah. to think back. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that that's like, great. Well, congratulations. Yes, I know. It's very exciting for her. And that's, again, just a, a reminder, when you're looking at astrology, a symbol doesn't mean just one thing. It can play out in different ways. So it's kind of, you know, looking for the, the different ways the symbol can play out, mm. uh, which I think is really, really key as well. People get sometimes so tunnel vision. They think, oh, God, I've got like, you know, a Pluto transit coming up. It's going to mean death. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this it, it it's going to play out in different ways. So don't get too hooked up on one meaning of a symbol in astrology either. Um, you know, be colorful with it, be expansive, um, which is much more interesting, actually, as well. Yeah. And all planets, whether they're Pluto or Jupiter, they all have positive and negative aspects, you know, meanings. They do. So, you know, Pluto can mean you, you know, you get power. Yay. Um, Not that you're going to die, but you're going to become very, very powerful. Um, You know, you're never going to die. You're going to rise from the dead. Of course, there's the Mars retrograde to discuss as well, which has been going on since the end of October. And yours truly, you can probably hear my voice is like um, changed. And I had Mars retrograde stationing on my moon. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, I've gotten away with it. Uh, because it was there for a week for a couple of weeks. It's, you know, when Mars slows down, it slows down a lot. It takes a long time to turn around. 
And um, I thought I'd gotten away with it, but obviously I hadn't. So I was, I've been in bed for about four days with yeah. this weirdo thing. So I'm more, you know, of, I think probably just too much energy kind of rattling around inside me, suppressed energy. I'm feeling a bit angry as well um, with yeah, the Mars I mean, retrograde. That's what Mars retrograde can do sometimes, can't it? It does, it just, it stops you in your tracks. It, you know, yeah. it's, there's no speed, no energy. It slows you right down. I mean, for me, it's been in Gemini and I've been kind of in retreat a bit and I've been immersed in a big writing project which is another good way of using that mars retrograde and i have been writing my i'm just going to plug this my 2023 horoscopes ebook which is for sale now and if you get in before november 21st which you might do if you're listening to this you'll get it almost at half price so do check out the website please um but yeah that's been my so far and i'm i'm continuing to have writing projects moving forward so it does feel like i'm kind of head down in that which is quite a nice way of using the Mars retrograde. You know, previously I felt that um, I've not been in control and not been in charge and been told what to do quite a lot. And as a Scorpio Aries rising, I don't like that at all. So I haven't experienced that as yet. Touch don't you think that it's to do with um, the fact that it's in your third house? Possibly. It might just be showing that the writing house. So, you know, of course that's that's where it's gonna be, writing projects. Yeah. Um yes. Yeah. So Okay, so what about the month shall we move on to the month ahead or do we oh, should we talk about Sagittarians? Sometimes too. Yes. We've also got that other thing to talk about, which is our little um, you know, we've done stuff, we've done some short podcasts or videos depending whether you watch us on youtube or listen mm-hmm. on each sun sign which we'll be releasing in the beginning of december um so just i hope you enjoy those that'll be fun yeah we, we had a lot of fun making them we did so we launched at the beginning of december and there the two of us chatting about the star signs so yeah <laughs> just short little snippets but hopefully again interesting informative for you yeah, Sagittarians, though. I mean, mm-hmm. I always think of, um, oh, gosh, what's his name? My mind's suddenly gone blank. I'm blaming the Mars retrograde on my moon. Yeah, poorly. Um, I don't know who you're thinking of, but I have to say I ended up going on this weekend to um, a show that was William Blake in Songs and Words, which okay. was actually quite – I mean, I thought, well, let's give this a go. It was extraordinary. A woman called – so Sheila Rahman was singing, beautiful voice. But of course, William Blake, Sagittarius, and a yeah. massive visionary. I mean, a real, real visionary. Um, I was just kind of reading up because, of course, when you've gone and seen something like that, you end up immersing yeah. yourself in a bit in them. And I did find it quite interesting that he was alive in London during the time of the, you know, the late 18th century. So when the revolutions were going on, independence, the last time Pluto was in Aquarius, when Uranus was discovered. Um, and here you've got this kind of revolutionary, this sort of, this fervor, this visionary, I mean, really pure spirit, Blake, and quite controversial character. Um, yeah. And- so- and a philosopher. I mean, as well as a, a artist and poet, he's really created his. The thing that's Sagittarian about him is that he created an entire world and an entire system of gods, and ha, you know, a cosmo. He had a cosmo, whole cosmology that he yeah. invented himself, and then he illustrated it, and then he actually printed the books. So he did the whole thing yeah. from beginning to end. And and you know, we talked about. Um, in our uh, little thing about uh, Sagittarians, about the Sagittarian entrepreneur. He was an entrepreneur, not very successful. In fact, very unsuccessful. He was always poor. You know, he's always having to get money from people, um, Mm -hmm. having to find patrons, you know, ugh, what a bore. But he did, you know, he was, he started off as a printer. Mm. He started off as an apprentice, printing thing, printing Mm -hmm. a printer. Um, but he did actually make the books himself, which I find really enchanting. You know, the mm. idea I've always thought, wouldn't it be wonderful to have uh, books that were handmade again like that? Mm. Yeah. yeah. And his books are, are small, 
you know, they're they're little. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's he is. I mean, with Sagittarius as well, sometimes we get hooked up on sort of the traveler, the hedonist type. But there is this, you know, it's the big picture, isn't it? As you say, he created his own mythology. I often, I know there's a load of um, film directors as well who are Sagittarius, Spielberg being the obvious one, but there's a lot of them, you know, and they've got that ability to hold this big picture in, literally hold the big picture in their heads. Um, There's a very good film about, oh, oh no. No, there's not. I take that back. (laughs) There's not a good film. There's not a good film about that. Mm. I'm actually thinking of the film. I'm thinking of the film about Turner um, by Mike Lee, is it? Which is very good. But who was, of course, a contemporary of Blake. Right. Also had a very big vision, uh, was a visionary in a way. Yeah. Um, You know, with his big skies and everything. I'd like to see what his astrology is like, too, Mm. because he's almost an exact contemporary yeah. Um, but in a very different way. I mean, it's completely non-verbal, Turner. Yeah. Yeah, and it is, I mean, we should move really into the astrology because, you know, we've got this big, big vision coming up in a way, haven't we, with Jupiter as Sagittarius planet. Yeah. Um, and it's very involved at the beginning of Sagittarius season. Um, you know, the sun moves into Sagittarius and then immediately there's a, a new moon. These new moons are falling right at the, started the star signs at the moment so this one's at one degree Sagittarius on November 23rd and on the same day Jupiter turns direct a few hours after so you know talking about these visionaries anyone born on that (laughs) lordy there could be some prophets philosophers visionaries being born on that new moon with Jupiter turning direct yeah I love the new moon and I also love the fact that I mean the I love the expansiveness of this next leg of astrology. You know, we've had this amazing tumult over um, the, you know, this Mars retrograde. Mars continues to be retrograde, obviously, right up until January. But we've had this amazing tumult with the eclipses and this intensity of the Scorpio season. And like I was saying, a lot of people losing jobs, gaining jobs, you know, loss and gain. And now we get into this expansive moment yeah. of, and for some people, celebration and a kind of release because at Jupiter is in its other favorite sign, Pisces. Mm. Um, it's almost back to being in conjunction with Neptune. So mm. we've got a double, no boundaries at all mm. with those two planets. And it's like a big, I mean, I would say floods in some places for sure. That's yeah. so easy to protect these days, though. You don't even need to be an astrologer. Yeah. Um, of things getting out of control. It's got this incredible out of control feeling. Um, so that's which has a good side and a bad side. And that starts right. I mean, it's already happening now as mm. these two planets are getting closer together. And since Jupiter went into Pisces, but it's mm. going to feel like a big whoosh, I'm sure, with that um, new moon. Yeah. Mm. And it's also, as you're talking about the Jupiter-Neptune, remember that there was the epic conjunction, wasn't there, in April this year, April 2022. So for some people, if that was really powerful, that Jupiter-Neptune conjunction in April, it may be that there's sort of reverberations or some, you know, kind of somehow that that's coming back full circle because those two planets are really powerful again now. I mean, a real, it can be overwhelming emotion, you know, it can be kind of spiritual renaissance going on. For some people, I know that Jupiter-Neptune was about um, being, there was sort of betrayals and scandals and seductions as well. Yeah. You know, it is the slippery side of Pisces. So so there may be things that started in April that are now coming full circle, maybe legal um, yeah. cases as well, or anything legal going on as Jupiter rules the law. Yeah. So big astrology and fantastic. I mean, for Sagittarius, Lordy, you're going into your birthday month, and here comes this amazing new moon and Jupiter turning direct. So it really is, you know, use it to do something special, use it to celebrate. It may be linked to family for Sagittarius, because um Jupiter's in your home and family sector. So there might be a celebration, there might be an announcement or you know, a big anniversary, but something to really kind of get your teeth into and celebrate in a good way. Yeah. Or sell your house and 
buy a boat and sail around the world. Lovely. <laughs> you know, that's sort of, it's that kind of, right, we're break. I want, yeah, you know, I'm breaking free, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'm freeing myself from, and I, I actually think that kind of fits in slightly with one of the other themes of last month and the eclipses was, uh, you know, a breaking free of attachment. Yes. You know, um, it felt like that what those eclipses were like. So you break free of the attachments earlier this month, and then this new moon comes along on the 23rd and you have the freedom from that breaking free of attachment. Yeah. That release. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's a wonderful, if you like freedom and no boundaries, it's wonderful yeah. if you like boundaries, maybe it's more problematic, you know? Yeah. Um, because I, you know, it's, um, it's Jupiterian. It's mutable. Mutable signs are really pinging um, in for the next four weeks, aren't they? Which is Sagittarius, Pisces, Virgo, uh, and Gemini. Yeah. Um, although the so in fact we've got um, Jupiter, and I looked in the sky last night, um, and you can see very clearly Mars and Jupiter. Yeah. Uh, you have clear skies and that you can see very clearly that they are literally in a square to each other. Mm. Um, although one's at 21 and one's at 28, mm. they're still within a square. Mm. Um, and that's tension between this Gemini, the Mars retrograde and the Jupiter retrograde at the moment, but about to turn in Pisces and what you know what do we think what do you think that energy means that energy between Gemini and Pisces that tension there well I mean that's it's going to play out big time at the full moon isn't it yeah because that's when I mean the full moon takes place on December the 8th I think yeah when it, it's Gemini Pisces it's it kind of pulls in all the mutable signs in a way I mean, mute, you know, it's interesting because you're a mutable star sign being Pisces. I'm not at all. <laughs> well, I've yeah. got in Pisces, actually. But it's an energy that I don't particularly like because I find it not very, um, I find it quite hard to make decisions with all the, you know, with mutable energies because you're being, there's too many options, too many possibilities. You've been pulled in too many different directions. You can't get things done. And I suppose in a way I've been, I'm kind of feeling that a bit with the Mars retrograde in Gemini, mm-hmm. um, you know, trying to get a big, actually for me, trying to get a bigger picture and overview of things. I'm finding a bit puzzling and confusing. It's mm-hmm. like, well, I could do this. I could do that. Or maybe that's a good idea. Maybe this is a good idea. So that's how I kind of experience it playing out. Yeah. That's interesting. You know, I, I can't find a kind of core or a, a route through it I'm, I'm, it's like i'm swimming i'm just swimming in you know in the ocean oh, <laughs> welcome to my go? world sally that's my, <laughs> that's my whole life that's what it's like um and a couple because I, I you know thinking about it, of course for me of course i'm attracted to that particular uh those two things because i'm a, i'm very mutable as you say and i have planets in gemini and planets in pisces mm. um and I obviously, uh, you know, experience a lot, you know, I swim through life in a slightly confused way anyway, with hyper-focus occasionally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I'm looking at charts, I switch into hyper-focus. Um, but I think that this Mars retrograde, which we're going to be experiencing, you know, continues on. The Mars retrograde is about... Um, seeking the truth i see it as like diving down to the bottom of the sea and finding these pebbles of truth for me because i think the mars retrograde you know truths will be revealed things are going to come out secrets are going to come out um and this is very much in the public sphere i'm actually thinking of that f the um cryptocurrency guy again mm-hmm. you know this all just sort of burst out into the open all these the stuff that had been going on all of these lies um and gemini and pisces are these storytelling signs aren't they they are the signs where and as we've discussed on various occasions on this podcast you know this period that we're in of neptune and pisces is very much a hall of mirrors it's a very difficult 
time in which to know what's true and what is not true. And I think that that, that in the personal, on a personal level, uh, you know, it, we may have mirrors held up to ourselves and what we really think about things, but also we'll see stuff in the, in the wider world that's about more truth coming out, more scandal coming out as well. But when does it come out? That's what yeah. I, you know, with uh, the, when does it come out? I kind of feel like we're swirling around still in the many different stories. I'm swirling around, but I have to say that full moon on the 8th of December looks to me like, boom, okay. here it is. Have a look. Have a look okay. at this one fragment of information. And then yeah. there's going to be another fragment of information. And also then just to say that we're doing this part of this podcast really differently now, which is good. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to leap into the end of the month when Jupiter moves back into Aries, Mars yep. start sign on the 20th. And um, Mars is still retrograde in Gemini. And so that too could bring, well, that too could then bring truth. Because if, if Mars is the one going in deep, digging in, you know, then once Jupiter moves into air, again, we get snippets. So there's going to be periods throughout. Yeah. I mean, I don't think, I think there will be revelations. I mean, I, uh, um, I'm very interested also that just um, speak back to the politics, you know, Mars retrograde, we've had both um, Mars retrograde and Gemini, right? Boris Johnson tried to make a comeback here, failed. Yeah, I know that worried me. <laughs> I know. I didn't, I, you know, I wasn't worried at all. I knew he wasn't going to make it because of the Mars retrograde didn't get to his um, son. But Trump tried to get back in the States. And actually, of course, he tried again because that's the retrograde of it. He'll be a pain probably while Mars is in Gemini, which is till March. But he's going to fail. This is his wipeout. This is stuff happening, stuff being revealed about him through this Mars retrograde. And when you say big court cases or big scandals to do with the Jupiter Neptune, I would suggest that that also is quite interesting because what can happen also in this, you know, we live in a big ocean of media and information, right? Constantly yeah. being bombarded with it. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes the tide turns, right? And the tide will turn against certain narratives as well. And that's what I feel is happening during this really interesting month and especially around this full moon. But in the there's going to be a turn a tidal turn. And one of the things I also felt about this um these recent elections, which was interesting, aside from Rishi Sunak, who was not actually elected, as we know, who was inserted uh, is that there is the tidal turn away from autocracy that we've seen uh, or from the far right that we've seen over the last year is quite encouraging, I think. Mm -hmm. So there was that election in Australia where they finally got in their left-wing candidate. Mm -hmm. There's been uh, Biden winning these midterms. There's Lula winning Brazil. These are major, major economies. Mm -hmm. Um Art, the tide seems to be turning it back towards democracy. And I just wonder if there's going to be a big tidal shift uh, in December, November, December. Yeah, I think you're probably right with that. I do think you're right. I mean, it isn't, it's an extraordinary world we live in where, you know, the trying to get to the truth of things is just so hard now because of the role of the media and role of social media within yeah. any world events. I mean, you can put anything on there. You can twist things. We can digitally alter images. You know, it's kind of like, is that true? Is that real? What's going on? You know, it's so easy to kind of whip up a frenzy or or use the media to persuade and lure and seduce. Um, it's a very, very confusing world to live in. So it would be wonderful if what's going on this month does bring something new to the surface and that yeah. Mars dives in to get to some of the truth of a situation. Journal I mean, Gemini is the sign of journalism, of, of, of both trashy journalism and real journalism. Both yeah. those things are Gemini. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I have to say, I do associate Pisces and this Neptune and Pisces with social media with yeah. that big mass of things that's so hard to differentiate 
And Mars retrograde is discriminating, it seems to me. Mm. It's focused. It's discriminating. It's inward. Um, Of course, the other thing that we didn't mention that happened last month was the Elon Musk's takeover of Twitter. (laughs) Oh, my God. I mean, for someone like me, I love Twitter. So I'm like, and I've spent years, you know, enjoying Twitter. Mm. And I'm... um, you know, and honing my um, my own feed. So it's beautiful images, lovely poetry, really interesting folklore. This is what I see on Twitter. Yeah. And interesting politics too. But, you know, there's a lot, for me, there's a lot of art on Twitter and a lot of um, interesting stories. And to have that shaken was very eclipsing for me. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, my goodness, this is going to go. Yeah, and then talk of when is you know when's Twitter going to break? When, yeah, you when's know, it going to break? break so again, yeah. this is this is interesting for what's coming up in the absolutely. In the I mean, I think that this these these things are we'll see some big shifts there. Mm. Mm. So shall we? Well, let's let's kind of pull it back. Yeah. What's going on personally for people? Yeah. Kind of, we've got oh, a bit of Sagittarius, Jupiter. Out in the world. <laughs> it happens every time we do a Sagittarian month, isn't it? It's like, okay, Sagittarius, let's just talk about everything. <laughs> really big picture, big check picture stuff, guys. Let's check it all in. Um, so, I mean, th- this Mars retrograde, we've got to talk about for, for Gemini and also I think for Aries. Yeah. You know, I, I would, I think it is still about being really kind of what what you commit to, what you say, what you write. You know, this it's it's a time to keep things hidden rather yeah. than you know be too sort of brazen in what you're saying actually with Mars retrograde or really do your kind of uh research and, and find everything out, you know, be a real investigative journalist in all areas of life actually with that, rather than being too quick to to leap out and speak up or or I write. completely agree. I think you have to be super careful what you say. Yeah. what you agree to yes as we just discussed before yes. the podcast uh um i'm uh yeah i completely agree i think being quite secretive about what you're writing uh what you're saying i think that's true for gemini and aries but actually also you know as a general point it's a useful thing to remember mm-hmm. you know for example if you're involved in litigation again you know, this would be, you know, for Sagittarians or, you know, uh, for who's Libra, if you're involved in litigation, keep it secret, keep it quiet and don't push forward with it. And also, and this is the other side of this, assume that the other guys are doing that too. Yeah. That you're dealing with something, you may be dealing with something sneaky and underhanded. Mm Hmm. Mm. Um, I, you know, a surprising number of people that I've spoken to real recently, very recently, um, before I was felled by the flu, uh, have realized that they're dealing with a person or a group that is actually doing something illegal. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah. during this Mars retrograde, they've kind of realized that, but they're unable to say anything yet. Yeah, because it would put them in jeopardy. Yeah. And then, you know, this is when, like you're saying, this full moon on December the 8th might be useful because maybe that will shed a light on things anyway. Maybe it will bring things to light without you having to be the person to speak up at the moment. Um, and Because it, it's exposing. The full moon light is exposing, isn't it? It's going to expose that Mars, mm. you know, so it makes an exact conjunction to that Mars, mm. um, which is I mean, Mars is great, but it also can be kind of something sneaky and criminal. I mean, sorry, I'm going to go big again. I wonder what's going to be happening in that war in Ukraine, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we've seen during the Mars retrograde that, in fact, Russia withdrew from Kherson. You know, I mean, that is a Mars going retrograde. But then they've sent all these bombs over. Mm-hmm. So they're changing their tactics. Yeah. during the Mars retrograde. And, you know, by the way, Putin definitely uses astrology. Yeah. Yeah. And Mars, you know, God of war, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So he's going to be doing, they are doing sneaky stuff. They are changing their strategy. And the withdrawal may be a gathering for another big push in January. 
Mm. Mm. So what's there also, can I just say, because it's in Gemini? Yeah, no, no, agreed. I mean, what does this mean, you know, for people who are kind of caught up in relationships? This <laughs> It's quite a, a tricky month for relationships, isn't it? Particularly, you know, Gemini, Sagittarius, this, this is, it's kind of across, almost across the board a little bit, um, because it would be really easy to, to fall kind of completely, you know, it's this boundless energy. So emotions are boundless and, you know, it can be kind of fantasy relationships. Be really wary, I would say, this month for, you know, people who you think are real and who aren't on social media. Um, yes. Really need to double check, double check the facts because you yeah. could have this huge fantasy that for you feel like you've met the person of your dreams and they turn out to be a bot on Twitter or whatever. Um, you know, again, this this is where the, this theme of illusion you know, we've got this theme of illusion coming in and seduction. So it's very important to keep feet on the ground as well, I think, and double check things. Yes. Um, and it's always a good way of using the Mars retrograde. You know, it's retrograde phases. It's I always say, you know, read the small print, double check things, get get down to the nitty gritty of what's really going on. And that's a very important foil against this big picture you know, this boundless, wherever it's taking you, this boundless nature. Yeah, I mean, I I know that people um, don't like Neptune, that you know, people have negative thoughts about Neptune, and it's always cast as something that brings, um, you know, that's illusory, illusory, that is glamour, there's glamour, and this is all true. But I do think in terms of, relationships and falling in love and stuff you need a bit of the old neptune stardust mm-hmm. so for me i'm kind of thinking hmm, you know maybe for sagittarians you know this month ahead what with venus in your sign uh and jupiter your ruler making this close closing into conjunction again with neptune it's actually kind of good um so, so Pisces ruled by Neptune. Yeah, because your fantasies, you know. <laughs> was I'm Scorpio who's saying, just get to the bottom of this and find out what's <laughs> going on, you know, just double check everything. <laughs> I just think, well, I agree with that as well. I mean, you can have several, you know, angles, but I do think that if you're going to fall, you know, if you're having an affair or a love affair, you need that. A little bit of Neptune stardust does no harm at all. Okay, fair yeah. enough. And also for Virgo, it could be, you know, you've got this, again, now this sort of overwhelming, boundless emotion going on in your relationship sector. Um, Scorpio in your romance and love affair sector. So, you know, other star signs who could just, yeah, maybe you just fall into it and then do the honeymoon phase and then see do where you the first time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'm just thinking of you know, Thanksgiving and all that. Yes, I think looks pretty good this year. It does. For our American listeners, you know, it looks bountiful, uh, sharing, boundless. You know, probably someone's going to cry at the table. You know what I mean? But actually, it looks like an emotion. It could be a big hug. Yeah, yeah, and that's a lovely side of Jupiter, isn't it? This protective influence. And this, you know, this gathering the clans, uh, Jupiter yeah. in Cancer always gathers the clans. But Jupiter has this protective influence and likes big celebrations, likes bringing people together. Yeah, uh, that's why it's always interesting that, you know, Thanksgiving is such a huge thing in the States, that it happens, you know, in this Jupiter moment. It's yeah. always like when, you know, when we go into Sagittarius. Yeah. That's, yeah. This, it's this, this Sagittarian celebration is Thanksgiving. And people uh, travel a long way, don't they, to to meet yeah. up with family on Thanksgiving as well. So there's this sense of being willing to travel and bring people together. Yeah. Uh, so it does feel very, very sort of bountiful and. Yeah, I think there's a, and also that there may be some. Again, I'm just thinking of families in that last week of November. You know, forgiveness is a big Piscean theme as well. Yep. is to be able to forgive people. And this is a big forgiveness because 
you know, Jupiter's here. It's not coming back for 12 years mm-hmm. after it leaves on the 20th of December. So mm-hmm. this is, you know, I'm not saying you're in the last chance saloon for forgiveness, but it's a big opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to be forgiving your parents, for instance, if you happen to say be a Gemini or, uh, or a Virgo, you know, or, sorry, or a Sagittarius, you know, forgiving your parents, Virgo, forgiving your partner, you know, letting things go that you no longer need to hold on to, or not even letting them go, but letting it wash clean, you know, being, mm-hmm. taking the compassionate and charitable point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I like that. I mean, it is, you know, and that's, again, when Jupiter and Neptune are together, it's about forgiveness, but it's also about charity, isn't it? Yeah. It is about caring about people and and you know having that that humanity. So it's it would be a wonderful month as well to get involved with with charity projects. Uh, funnily enough, just before on this podcast, I was reading about things that were going on where I live. You know, one, one charity with refugees, another with the homeless. Thinking, oh, I'd like to get involved in that. Oh, I must go there and support that. Mm. And again, it is you know it's a very it's a lovely month for, for to do that to Jupiter's a global planet. Yeah. So now, you know, we are one. It's about the world is, you know, we're one world. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's getting back to that place and not being so, um, well, I mean, again, some of our politicians, Lordy, they don't seem to have a hum, humane bone in their body at times. Is that, is that Capricorn Jeff Bezos giving away his money? Yes, he is. I'm saying because, of course, this Jupiter uh, Neptune getting close together again is making pretty nice aspect to Pluto. Um, You know, uh, it's actually making a sweet little sextile for the whole month as well. So, Capricorns, this is like, you know, being nice to your neighbors, being nice to your siblings, being nice about the environment. I mean, I think it's environmental, isn't it? He's giving it to help stop climate change is that right oh, oh he's been giving money to dolly parton her philanthropy activities another capricorn he's given her a hundred million for the dollywood foundation which i think she's big on giving library books to kids i don't know enough about has that wonderful she, she has got a lot of she dolly parton is a goddess yeah um of course she's a capricorn that's so interesting it's about helping families to read basically this is so she gives away these books so it's interesting to me that the for the capricorns amongst us this is in the third house of reading right and books so she's been given a huge bung of money from bezos Mm. and i'm assuming that this is because she now does this internationally used to be just in the united states didn't um, and I think that she's got some international stuff. I think that even in Sheffield here, there's some people who are involved with this. Um, yeah, so that's a very good thing. That is a good thing. And and I, I kind of, you know, this is again, you know, Pluto is now in October, Pluto turned direct and is going to be moving out of Capricorn. And I think we talked about it probably last month. And, you know, there was a side of me that thought this is either going to be a massive money grab where people are sort of, you know, the billionaires are trying to take the money. But actually, it's nice seeing Jeff Bezos, Capricorn, giving it away. Okay, yeah. as Pluto's getting ready to move into Aquarius, much more to do with the collective, the people, much more community oriented. We're seeing this kind of shift. So I think that's good news. And um, he's had an incredible run with, speaking of people being frightened of dark planets, right? Mm-hmm. With Pluto in Capricorn, he has had an incredible run of becoming the richest guy, the most powerful. I mean, I know Elon Musk is another. It's another story, actually. Although he's Cancer, by yeah, the way, so also run Pluto transits, power, uh, health, hidden riches, massive uh, uh, run with that. Mm-hmm. But Bezos really has had is an incredible astrological example of how Pluto has transformed him since two thousand and eight into this person and now he's it's moving on and he's giving it out it's really wonderful yeah yeah Uh, well wonderful astrology i don't think it's wonderful that one person should be so rich it's ridiculous 
I think that we're all kind of coming to realize that the that the wealth distribution is wrong. Yeah. Um, hopefully that will, you know, with Pluto's move into Aquarius, hopefully that will start to to change this as well. It has been this has been the era of the plutocrat, the billionaire. And that has it's got it's it's got to be redistributed. Yeah. So, you know, in this country, you have children who are hungry and that's just crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah. And yeah, world. Yeah. World problems, too. So what else do we want to say about this month? Have we um, very much? That was a very Jupiterian uh, kind of roll around the month. I mean, very Sagittarian and that we looked at the big picture and it was all a big glob of information i mean you mentioned earlier and i think it's worth mentioning again just a reminder that jupiter does go into um aries aries that other sign goes into aries on the 20th of december yeah so just again it's interesting isn't it we've got a massive jupiter influence at the beginning of sagittarius season it turns direct on the 23rd then another massive Jupiter influence. It uh, goes back into Aries December the 20th, where it was from mid-May to the end of October this year. So more trailblazing, dynamic Jupiter. I'm very happy about that, I have to say, because with an Aries ascendant, it's it's been lovely. I mean, I traveled abroad for the first time when Jupiter went over my Aries ascendant, um, you know, since the COVID years. So for me, it was this sense of the world opening up and this freedom and celebration and good times, actually. Um, So I'm really looking forward to Jupiter being back in Aries, where it'll be for another five months then until mid-May. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, You know, people with um, for people with Leo rising, that's also a big travel one. Yeah. You know, anybody or son Leo, you're going to find that the world opens up again if it did for you this summer especially it'll probably happen again uh and uh yeah i'm thinking about the because i have leo rising i'm going to egypt in on the 20 on the 18th of wow, december perfect. Lovely. Yeah, so it's be interesting to be somewhere hot as well thank god or not hot but warmish warmer um, so it could be quite extraordinary for Sagittarius, couldn't it? Because you yeah. know, it's, it's kind of it's the it's the it's the house that's very much linked to good fortune and luck. Um, and you've got this wonderful new moon with Jupiter turning direct on the twenty third of November, <laughs> and then Jupiter moves into your good fortune sector back into fire on December the twentieth. So you know, it's a good time to have a flutter or um, trust your luck. Yeah, um, so yeah. Luck there. And also Jupiter uh, going back into Aries for Sagittarius, it pings the new moon that happened at there on the 23rd. It actually will, you know, it goes in, then it trines the new moon spot, which is really very nice as well. So I, you know, I think that it could be good for the Christmas season for Sagittarians in particular as well. Yeah. It certainly um, suggests a good year ahead for Sagittarians too, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's Jupiter's Jupiter's really it's really doing its stuff this month, actually. Yeah. Uh, That's so why we have talked about it so much. I mean, it's ended up it's completely dominating this podcast today. Yeah. Um which is nice. You know, yeah. this is a planet of optimism. Uh we've completely ignored poor old Saturn sitting there brooding in Aquarius, um, making his way out of Aquarius. Hooray! Yay. Uh, but still very, very powerfully pay- placed. You know, you have to kind of remind ourselves that he is powerfully placed and that he is um, actually still at the kind of, he's halfway, he's between um, Pluto and um, Jupiter-Neptune, but mm-hmm. Jupiter-Neptune conjunction. Right in between those is the Saturn sitting in Aquarius. So be sensible, you know, have wild plans, but be sensible. There has to be a practical side to these things. Yeah. And, you know, it is a, it, again, I think sometimes when you see the, the planets working together, it can be helpful. 
you know, you need, if you're a sort of Jupiter-Neptune type with all this big vision and dreams, you need Saturn to say, okay, well, what's the plan? What are we going to do? How are we going to make this happen? How are we going to turn those dreams into reality, mate? You know, it's the get serious, isn't it? Get real. So you need Saturn to to bring order to things. And maybe the Earth signs, Taurus, Virgo, Capricorn will be playing that role more as well during this kind of quite boundless month. Maybe they'll be the ones going, all right, bit of common sense now. (laughs) You know, know, Saturn makes a good trine to the uh, full moon on the 8th of December, for example. It does. Um, You know, that's very helpful. Yeah. So I would say discussions help. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and rules help. Stick to the rules, I think, would be some, you know, back to these ideas about stuff coming out and the law coming into play uh, or rules and regulations coming into play. I think that may be Saturn's role. Okay. Yeah. In the month ahead. Um, anything else? My voice is beginning to, to, um, die i know lovely Uh, i kind of feel like we've covered all the astrology in a circuitous way yes it was rather circuitous um that is the nature of the month ahead which is no boundaries no rules but (laughs) they're saying you have to finish time's up guys crack on yeah all right. Well, let's let you go and rest your voice. And thank you, everyone, for listening in. Please share the podcast and the, you know, the videos far and wide. Um, and we'll see you again next month on the solstice. Bye. See you then. Bye. Bye.